This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Welcome to the Tip of the Iceberg Podcast, brought to you as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Nick Berlansky, and as always, I am joined by Nicholas J. Horwald. I, I guess I always say that, as always, but then there are a couple of shows that because you know two people that are trying to make it in the media industry do not have regularly scheduled jobs, which makes it hard for us to always get together. But as most of the time, Nick Horwat is joining for the show, I would say 98% of the time, but we are obviously recording late Sunday night after a huge Steelers win. If you see any of the video of this, I am wearing a TJ Watt jersey, the first time I'm breaking out the TJ Watt color rush jersey. You know what? It made a pretty good debut because Watt on the gate the day, seven tackles, two sacks, three tackles for a loss, three passes defended, and one, of course, forced fumble that leads directly to the Pittsburgh Steelers victory. Horowat, you were working at Stage AE. What a, what a weekend it has been to be a Yinzer because the Steelers get a huge win. They're 3-3, three and three, and the Pittsburgh Penguins, as we're about to talk about, go 2-0-1 to start the season. What kind of weekend has it been for, for Steeler Nation and for Penguin Nation? Uh, it's been a joyous one, I think. Uh, it's been a bad weekend for teams with Hawks in their names in Pittsburgh. Yes. Uh, I made that tweet a little early, but it turned out to Ooh. be okay. We love to see it. Uh, and... Man, all the hockey stuff we'll get to, mm. obviously, but for now, the Steelers, oh, they just love making it difficult. <laughs> always have, always will. Mm. Thank you, Cardiac Ben, and also, I can't remember his name now, the fa- the the Seahawks player. Which one? Man, the one that got hurt. Man, was that scary. Uh, yeah, uh, no, I can't remember his name either, but just T's and P's to him. Oh, yeah, definitely. That was brutal. It it was nice to hear that he was moving his extremities because, I mean, when you see anything with that much, you know, trying to cause that much immobilization in the medical training staff, it's never a good sign. So it it is nice to hear that he has his extremities. And as far as Chris Collinsworth, you don't have to explain what UPMC stands for every single time you mention it. Oh, that, yeah. And also to the fans that that were at Heinz Field doing the wave. Oh, boy. Yeah, no, that's... Oh, boy. Yeah. They didn't show that on the broadcast, but I did see it on social media. But no, they would not show that. Oh, if you can't show a streaker on the broadcast, you're not going to show the wave when there's a man down like that. So yeah, uh, and not streaker. It's just a guy that ran on the field, which was a uh, some good. That was some entertainment. There was more than just football going on apparently, and and stagey was busy, and then and then not busy at all. So I was able to yeah. watch the whole game there. So very nice. Hey, you gotta love it. But let's uh, let's move on to the Pittsburgh Penguins because we are obviously amped up because the Steelers just won a football game and are 500 again. But the Pittsburgh Penguins did kick off their season this week. There's three games that we haven't even discussed back and forth between each other. I mean, maybe a few texts shot back and forth. But it has been a busy week, obviously, for the Pittsburgh Penguins, starting off their week with a 6-2 win against the defending Stanley Cup champions and the Tampa Bay Lightning kicking off the NHL season, showing everybody up. I mean, we had said and left the door open that, you know, maybe a cup hangover, the Penguins might catch them sleeping, but we realistically, neither of us honestly gave the Penguins a shot in that game. Without Gensel, without Crosby, without Malkin, 
you know, you can even throw Zach Aston Reese into the mix. But the Penguins go out there, they play a really good game, have a 3 to nothing lead. John Cooper pulls the goalie with six minutes left and at least the three empty net goals, which is why you see a lopsided finish in 6-2. to two. But a good game all in all by the Pittsburgh Penguins. They played really well in all three zones. Jeff Carter and his massive Welch's fruit snacks might become a storyline for the team playing. And then another thing that I also saw, you know, you, you got to love Brian Boyle. Big Brian Boyle scoring a goal in his first game as a Pittsburgh Penguin, signing a contract just hours earlier to officially become a member of the team and then potting a goal in the back of the net. So as far as that win was concerned, obviously shocking, but something that Pittsburgh Penguins fans were elated to see to start the season. Yeah, we had mentioned on the last podcast that, um, or I guess I should say last week's podcast, last yeah. Monday's. That's Monday. <clears throat> yeah. You mentioned on there that, hey, the team that won the Cup in, in uh, 2016 started that season 0-3. Let's, let's all take a chill pill if we, if we don't do well on the Florida run because those are two very good teams. We are, not that we're a bad team, it's just that we are an injured team. That's what we said to ourselves. And then... Hello, here comes here come the Penguins and John Cooper saying, "Hey, t- have have three goals on your own." Yeah. Some as a I was upset that he did that. By the way. Yeah. I was saying that is not something the head coach of Team Canada does. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, that was just very very, it just interesting, man. I don't, mm-hmm. I didn't like it one bit, and that's coming from the opponent who got a win out of it. It, because like okay I get it you want to get a win on banner night but it is also literally you raising your banners irrelevant to the to this season mm-hmm. he played that game like it was like they had a playoff spot to like fight for it's yeah. game one of the season yeah. taken out it's okay <clears throat> yeah. yeah that's my rant on the lightning and John Cooper <laughs> yeah no it, it was weird situation and we've seen in the NHL it start to become earlier and earlier into the game whenever we see coaches pull the goalie finally, especially when they're down by multiple goals. But 10 years ago, this wasn't even fathomable. It took until Patrick Waugh became the head coach of the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah, down a couple goals. He pulled the goalie with about three minutes left, four minutes at most, but there was six minutes left in the game. I looked up when I was at the bar at Redbeards in Pittsburgh, and oh, I was yeah. like, I can't believe that I can't believe it actually is happening. Like, I, I, I looked up and I was like, what do you mean empty net with six minutes left? I thought it was a glitch in ESPN's system. But realistically, I mean, John Cooper, he, he wanted to do that. And then he, he shot off a few comments after the game about, oh, they could have played their AHLers. It's like, no, the Penguins might have just played a better game than you. Yeah, I understand that Tampa didn't have their A game, but the Pittsburgh Penguins, give credit where credit is due. They played a really good game on opening night. Johnny, Johnny Cooper, we did play our AHL group. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Crosby, Malkin, Gensel, all out. I wasn't Ma- and Matheson was already hurt. Yeah, Matheson d- was hurt as well. We did play our AHL group. So, <laughs> and he he came into the game hot with his comments too when he said yeah. you want the team to be uh you know, you want your opponents to be fully healthy and stuff like that. Yeah, but I understand that a little bit more than oh, they could have played their AHL guys. Yeah. Just wild stuff from John Cooper. Uh, yeah. For a game one mm-hmm. in an 82 game season where you can take a week off mm-hmm. this year. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? And well, it's, speaking of, of a week off, it has been a wild week across the league. It, it really has. I mean, th- there's been so much going on. I mean, you look at Alex Ovechkin already climbing the leaderboard in the NHL goals race, Connor McDavid picking up right where he left off last season. 
and just a whole bunch of massive extensions. You see the story out of Columbus where their season opener and the whole tribute to Matisse Kivlinique's. It's been a really wild week one. And the fact is it's only been a week and there's just so much that has gone on. And even so, we still have two more Penguins games to talk about. Normally, we're not going to have three to talk about. So that's why we're not getting too in-depth into any of them. But let's move over to what was probably the wildest Penguins game of the week. And that was a Thursday night overtime loss to the Florida Panthers to close out the road schedule for October, if you can believe it. They lose 5-4 to four in overtime. But this game was crazy in the fact that it is Florida's opener. So again, you have the glitz. You have the pomp and circumstance of the opener. You go down 2 to nothing to a really good Florida team. A lot of high expectations. You storm back with four unanswered goals to take a 4-2 lead. And then you lose it 5-4 to four in overtime. Two goals by Aaron Ekblad late, or not even late in the third period, about middle third period that make it from 4-2 to two to 4-4. Four to four. And you have Casey DeSmith in net, and you, you wish that you could just finish that out when you have a two-goal lead with about 10 minutes left. But when you saw that goal to make it 4-3, to three, when you had five Pittsburgh Penguins players, our entire third line was in the crease as well as our defensemen, and the puck just squirts out to Aaron Ekblad, you look around and you say, well, what, do, what are we all doing in there? And at that point, you knew it doesn't quite feel right. It doesn't feel like this is over. And then, of course, Aaron Ekblad scores again. Carter Vahegi scores in overtime. And the Penguins take their first loss of the season, albeit getting the pity point. Yeah, it, I mean, what? I just didn't see a single second of this game. which is mm. oh, oh, because ESPN Plus has a, you know blacked out locally. Yeah. Love that. I'm glad that we got all those games because I don't have cable, but I have ESPN Plus, but still cannot watch the Penguins. Mm. Thank you. I'll have to wait for national games or figure something out. So <clears throat> I saw a grand total of zero seconds of this game, just the score updates. I tried to listen to it on the radio a little bit, but I just had – I was working, so I was, like, very distracted. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, so, yeah, just seeing that score, just wild stuff. I mean, yeah. Florida's going to be a good team this year. I'm not totally mad at it. No. And – um. Yeah, it was their home openers, and Sergey Bobrovsky was in. I'm just trying to think of other notes on the game. I got not much, man. Danton Heinen still looking good. Yeah, Danton Heinen, I'm sure, and we're gonna get to our overall thoughts about what we've seen so far. But Danton Heinen definitely is gonna be somebody we're gonna be talking about. I mean, a goal in every single game so far. We said that he's a guy that we could see, you know, popping off, and a lot of people have said that. I know specifically Hunter Hodes is really high on what he saw from Danton Heinen prior to the season. So it's definitely making him look smart as well. But as far as the Florida game, the biggest story to come out of it also was Brian Rust being injured and placed on the injured reserve list. So unfortunately, you know, we talked about this last Monday when we were previewing the season, giving our predictions. We said, are we ever going to, are we going to see our first back-to-back Iron Penguin Award winner from the tip of the iceberg? Now that Brian Rust has missed a game, Jake Gensel obviously missed the opener. We will not see back-to-back because the two winners from last year have already missed a game this season you hate to see it and the brian rust thing was interesting because it looked like he survived the hit pretty well at right, yeah. uh, right away until he found out he uh wasn't on the bench and then it took until saturday to, for him to be put on mm-hmm. ir retroactively so interesting i think yeah. uh and they still haven't just dis- have they disclosed anything about it? No, they re- they really haven't. Just that they placed him on the IR because even the even the uh, press release is the words I was looking for. Yeah. The press release that says he was going on the IR 
was a paragraph about him, then three paragraphs about Zach Aston Reese returning to the lineup. So they really haven't released that much information as of right now. And of course, th- this episode goes up and is live in two hours, which is we usually don't do it this late. But so oh I guess my it, God, it's 1 a.m. Yeah, it, it's not it, it's not going to be out of date by the time this comes out, which is nice for me as somebody who's editing. I don't have to worry about it. But uh, I, realistically, I, also, I haven't been awake at 1 a.m. since. Oh, a long time. Oh, well, I mean, fair enough. It, I was awake at 1 a.m. pretty much all of last week. But we'll talk about that at the end for anybody who's interested. I know True North Penns fan wanted to hear a little bit about of our uh, Pittsburgh excursion when I came up and visited the, the Berg. But uh, we'll get to that late in the episode for anybody that actually wants to listen to it. But um, We have personal lives, guys. It's yeah, fun. <laughs> yeah, we do, honestly. Um, but realistically, the big thing with the Pittsburgh Penguins, especially after the Brian Rust injury, is once again, the injury bug is going gonna, is gonna to bite the Penguins this year. You already had Crosby out. You already had Malkin out. Gensel missed a game with the COVID protocol. Zach Aston Reese missed a game with COVID protocol. Mike Matheson is yet to make his season debut because of an undisclosed lower body injury. So there is injury issues. The Penguins, as of right now, are fighting through it. And if you watched them on Saturday for their home opener, it didn't look like they were getting slowed down very much as they steamrolled the Chicago Blackhawks. Five to two was the grand total. Chasing Marc-Andre Fleury in another one of his returns to Pittsburgh Four goals on 10 shots? Mm. Oh, that's ugly. That was ugly. It could have been like six goals, by the way. Jason Zucker had a very beautiful uh, shot that just rung off the post and echoed around the building. And Kapanen missed one where from my seat, I could just see how much net he had. And I, Mm. it was, it could have been way worse for Flower. And honestly, you felt bad after a minute because... Uh, yeah, it's really nice beating up on the Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah. Um, who, by the way, it a team that we have mentioned on this podcast thousands of times, we cannot beat. We have not been able to beat them. They're the boogeyman. Long. Yeah. And then out of nowhere, what just happened? Yeah. What, now they look like utter trash. I think mm-hmm. the fun, the, the, not fun, the interesting thing about this team is, the Blackhawks is, they, they have the ability <clears throat> to be a fun, likable team again. Like, guys like Kirby Dock are there. Alex DeBrinkett's there. They're new, that goalie that came in, Lincoln, and he's supposed to be really good. Yeah. But then you remember <clears throat> what why they're still not likable, and that is Taves, Kane, Jones. And All the off-ice issues. And now some allegations. So they're stuck in the rabbit hole. Marc-Andre Fleury, we are very sorry. Yeah. Um, I think... You felt bad. You felt really bad as a fan in that crowd watching him get uh, get chased like that. I felt horrible. It was it, like, I saw some tweets. It was like, this is the worst I've ever felt about the Penguins winning. Mm-hmm. Like, it was big early. I mean, yeah. 15 seconds in, I, I people still weren't seated from the night, from the anthem. Yeah. You know, it, it is crazy. I mean, it might be because I didn't get the opportunity to watch this game. I did watch it back on replay, mm-hmm. but I, I didn't get to watch this game because I had just gotten back from my trip and I was unpacking and there was a whirlwind of other stuff happening. But yeah, it, it didn't feel like that to me, but I also didn't watch it. And you were even in the building. So it might that's might why it might have felt a little bit different. You know, the air in the Vibes. building might have been a little bit of a weird vibe because, yeah. you know, you're embarrassing your Hall of Fame goaltender that might have his jersey in your rafters. But at the same time, you know, the way the monkey is on the back, the way that I've seen this team get pummeled 
by the Chicago Blackhawks, just seeing the score updates and getting the text from you, it made me smile. Like as much as I love Marc-Andre Fleury and you won't find very many people that love him as much as I do, even blindly thinking that he is better than he is. But at the same time, I was, I was happy to see him get shelled. I was happy to see him get pulled because that means a Pittsburgh Penguins team without Crosby, without Malkin, without Brian Rust, with Jake Gensel still getting his feet underneath him can go out and do something like that, which to me is a really good sign, especially if you look at the rest of this division. The way they have started, I, un- I understand the New York Rangers have struggled, but, I mean, it is early. The Devils, Jack Hughes looks great. Alex Ovechkin has three goals. Like, these guys are not going to be easy to beat. The Philadelphia Flyers were scoring a bunch of goals, getting wins. Claude Giroux is actually looking pretty good in for- so far from what I've seen. But again, sample size. But it was nice to see the Penguins get off to a start this week at 2-0-1, still not being taken out in regulation, and playing really well, and not getting blown out, being in every game, and they should be 3-0 with that Florida loss, but at the same time, I'm happy with what I've seen in one in week one. Well, do you want some more context on those three games? The, I just realized that in three games, the Penguins have played three Vesna winning goaltenders. You yeah. t- I'll, I'll take 2-0-1-1. Yeah. Play, I'll take it. And it's not I'll like take... the rest of the teams weren't bad or were bad either. Yeah. It's like we mm-hmm. game one, Vesna winning goaltender and back to back cup champs. And a heart trophy winner. Yeah. Cool. Like and we beat them pretty handily, mm-hmm. despite only scoring three times on the Vesna winner. Still. <laughs> yeah. Game two, Bobrovsky. Sure it's an he's an old Vesna winner, but he still has that trophy in his cupboard mm-hmm. and um, that's a good young team around him, despite how ugh, he's been recently. Yeah. So pulling away with a and again with our team with all these injuries, so pulling away with an overtime loss there, the pity point, good stuff. And then we go into the most recent yeah. uh, Vesna winner. Again, yeah, maybe things are a little different. Maybe he's a year older, new system, whatever it may be. He's still a Vesna winner. He is still. Mark Andre Fleury and the and the Hawks still have Patrick Kane who did score, yeah. Um, but we beat them handily. Mm-hmm. So those are three good wins. Yeah, because again, each time we did not have our team really. Mm-hmm. So the question that I want to ask you here, just kind of trying to wrap up this segment, is uh, I mean, who has been the biggest surprise to you three games in? Danton Heinen. Danton Heinen. I think. Yeah, we had high, high-ish expectations just by way of we got these vibes that maybe he's a Pascal Dupuis type. Mm-hmm. Maybe he can shock us all and be on the first line by midseason. Um, but here he is out of – I mean, we just kind of – we weren't expecting that, though. But now mm-hmm. here he is saying, those are your ex- expectations for me? Yeah, let me jump way over them and go at an 82-goal pace. <laughs> And if not Danton Heinen, I'm going to throw Drew O'Connor in there for just looking mm-hmm. so much better. Oh, yeah. So much quicker, so much more confident. Um, and it finally calculated to something for his goal on Saturday. Yeah. I it, mean, not the cleanest, but you got to get him somehow. No, he, he's miles ahead of where he was last year, and he needed that time in Wilkes-Barre, and I think it worked out really well for him. He improved his game, and then, of course, he, he impressed everybody. He was the storyline of training camp. So for him to be able to see some results in the regular season is also a nice addition. And it's, it's part of the reason why the Pittsburgh Penguins have had successes. Some, 
you know, unsuspecting characters coming up and showing up big for the Pittsburgh Penguins. And Danton Heinen is another one of them, and I have liked it. But uh, I'm going to go in a little bit of a different direction here, and I'm going to say Tristan Jari. Like uh, a, a lot of eyes are on Tristan Jari to start this year. He started the opener against Tampa. He started the home opener against the Chicago Blackhawks, and he has looked really solid in those two starts. Obviously, he's 2-0-0. Getting both wins is nice, but a 2.00 goals allowed average, allowing two goals in each game, a 9.17 save percentage overall. But even more specifically, when you look at that, he's given up four goals in two games, only one of them at even strength. At even strength, he right now has a 9.71 save percentage. That is what you want out of Tristan Jari. He looks a lot more confident. Again, two games, but you look at the offensive firepower for those two teams. You have the Chicago Blackhawks, who, albeit you know, not in the top echelon anymore of the NHL, they still have a Kane who you saw that power play goal. You have Debrinkit who was over a point a game, Taves returning. You have a lot of players that can put the puck in the net. And then I don't even need to get into what Tampa Bay looks like when it comes to forward depth. So Tristan Jari to me, listen, he's not a world beater right now. His goal saved above average is just a hair over zero, which is where you need it to be to start the season. He's not letting too many bad goals in. He's not making miraculous saves. He's making the saves that need to be made so far. And that is why he has looked the way that he has looked. And I've liked what he's looked like so far. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He's looked good. He's been able to see the puck. There was a couple of saves in that Chicago game where it was, you know, the flurry in the front. You know, just Mm -hmm. a lot of bodies, a lot of moving parts, and he's just been able to track. And I think it's... um, a step up from last postseason he looks you know a little more you know confident i guess is an easy word but he looks like he's able to track the puck uh much better than what he was so mm-hmm. maybe that's andy kyoto at work but maybe regardless he looks good to start the season yeah well that is i mean that's all three games right there just 2-0 and one that's a good start for the pittsburgh penguins probably the only time we're gonna have three whole games to talk about unless we have Another trip that's mixed in somewhere in the season, which might happen, but we're going to take a quick break. When we return, we're going to talk about some early milestones. Only three games, but three massive milestones for the Pittsburgh Penguins and their players. We'll be right back. NFL fans, are you hungry for a big win this week? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. It is that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings will not leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, brought to you as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. The Pittsburgh Penguins are 2-0-1 to start the 2021-22 NHL season. And 
two different nights in the first week of the season. The Penguins were on top of the NHL, and yes, I am being a little bit of an asshole whenever I post the standings pictures two days into the NHL season, but let's have a little fun. Why don't we? I mean, that's the whole point of this, right? We're, we're here to have fun. We're here to talk Pittsburgh Penguins hockey, and we're, I mean, specifically here to embarrass the hockey troll by posting videos of him and Sidney Crosby jerseys. Absolutely. And not only that, you want to talk about teams that you know, don't have a win yet, the Flyers, the Islanders, the Canadians, but that's not a shock. The Canadians got shelled by the Buffalo Sabres, though. That was a shock. Uh, the Jets don't have a win yet. Nashville, Arizona. And some Chicago. of these teams have only played one or I mean, one or two games. But Calgary's only played one. Yeah, Chicago's exactly. Chicago's played three without a win. Hey. And still have the Canadians, so. I mean, we, the, the we love season early season standings. Exactly. Oh, we oh, love yeah. these standings. But it's, this time next week, it, they could be exactly the opposite, which is why it's fun in the early season to overreact a little bit, even though we all know that it's going to change 95% of the way through the season. But we did have some early milestones in just the first week of the season. Of course, you mentioned earlier, your boy, Drew O'Connor, and or as, as Steve Mears calls him, friend of the show, Steve Mears, DOC. Do, would you prefer to call him Drew O'Connor? Or O'Connor, or do you like DOC? I like DOC. I think it, that's fun. It's like GSP, the MMA fighter. It's a little bit more of a ring to it. So we'll just call him DOC from right now, Department of Corrections, because he puts people in handcuffs behind the net. DOC, Drew O'Connor, gets his first NHL goal. He won a spot during training camp, as we mentioned. He really was just kind of a shining star. Mike Sullivan had 100 great things to say about him, it seemed like, in every press conference. And he's earned himself a spot in this lineup. He did bounce out for the second game and then draw back in in the third game due to injuries. But, I mean, one goal and three points in two games played, much better than what we saw from Drew O'Connor last season when he had that little you know, small stint with the Pittsburgh Penguins. So, like we mentioned in the first segment, a lot of energy from his AHL stint last year after he was sent down. And he's using that right now to possibly be an NHL regular this season. Now, Horwat, I know you love this guy, but do you see him staying in the lineup if we get to full health, if we get Rust, Malkin, Crosby back, do you think there's a spot there for DOC? It's just hard, I don't think, because um, we have a ton of NHL-ready guys already, mm -hmm. like a ton of guys that you would look at and say, you just can't cut them out of the lineup. You can't really healthy scratch them. Yeah. Because who are you going to healthy scratch? Danton Heinen? Not at this no. rate. Are you going to healthy scratch Zach Aston Reese? Hell no. No. Who's left? Lafferty won't be there. We know that. Yeah. Evan Rodriguez, it seems like, is going to be bounced or at least demoted because he's playing second-line center right now. As soon as Crosby comes back, you would have to imagine. Carter slots down at second-line center. Crosby mm -hmm. goes in at first-line center. And Rodriguez, find a wing or get out of the lineup. That seems like that's what it's, that's what it's going to be. Yeah. So it's going to be harder for him just because we have so many players that not even, like, like you can healthy scratch him, yeah, but then what i mean mm -hmm. you healthy scratching for the rest of the year no no exactly. if, if you're not going to use them and if you're really not going to use them on honestly a healthy level we saw what how well he performed last year or at least even right now when he had that stint in the ahl if you're not going to use them let him play in the ahl let him develop a little bit more maybe even next year he takes another step or maybe even by the end of the season he is a fixture on the fourth line. Maybe he steps in with Aston Reese and Bluger once we're all healthy and becomes a really dominant fourth line. You never know, but you know, it's really tough because we haven't had the opportunity to see what Mike Sullivan thinks 
of this roster at full strength because it never has been since all the changes have been made. But I have a feeling that Mike Sullivan likes Drew O'Connor, similar to how he likes Evan Rodriguez, which I think is going to be a fun dynamic once we get some guys back. Yeah, it'll be interesting because we talk about this fully healthy roster, and does Brian Boyle even make this fully healthy roster? No, I mean, unless he's willing exactly. to play wing, which he, he's probably willing to do anything to stay in the lineup. But I honestly think he is a fifth center that gets carried as a healthy scratch if we ever get to full health. I mean, Malkin's going to be out for a while, so it's not like Boyle doesn't have a little bit of time to try to and endear I, himself, which he kind of already has. Yeah, I was going to say, Boyle, I think, has already turned into a great locker room guy. So yeah, there's some net positives already, regardless of, of – uh, where he sits in the lineup. I like him on the team. He seems to be doing good so far. And mm-hmm. like I said, locker room guy. It's a ton of fun. He was the one collecting yeah. the pucks for uh, O'Connor and Brock McGinn. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I like seeing that sort of veteran presence in this, and the team loves him. So. Yeah. And you know Brian Burke loves him. Oh, yeah. yeah. He has truculence, as you like to say. Damn it, I didn't get it in yet this episode. <laughs> Well, we, we met our quota there, but I mean, if you look at it, maybe even, you know, Brian Boyle could be a fourth line center. If Teddy Bluger can step up and be a third line center, that allows Jeff Carter to move to wing. I mean, is this team better with Jeff Carter as, as a winger? I don't, I think this team is just better with Jeff Carter in general, which, which brings us to the second milestone. Jeff Carter gets his 400th NHL goal, seventh active player to reach 400 goals in the NHL. He's had a pretty good start to the season. Tied for the lead on the team in points with four. And he has filled in really well as a first-line center. I mean, as much as you can expect. He said in the preseason, he said, listen, I'm not going to be a replacement for Sidney Crosby's productivity. We are all going to have to be a replacement for Sidney Crosby's productivity. And he's shown that here. But also still, having the team lead in points with Chris Letang, he's filling that productivity role. It's just called stepping up, man. I don't yeah. Next man know up. To, yeah, it's he's looked great. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's it's the power of the Welch's fruit snacks. That's it, yeah. it. Really is. It's exactly what it is. I need to find my hoodie. I know. It's, I know. I have it hanging in there. My fruit snacks hoodie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's that's about to become awesome this year. Oh yeah, you just got to tape a seventy-seven to it with hockey tape. I have hockey tape right behind me. Holy shit! Hey, there you go, man. I mean. That makes me like him even more because that's something I would do. Now, I'm not big into the Welch's fruit snacks, but I really like the sour gummy worms. And I could eat a whole mixed bag of that in one city. Probably one Penguin game. So maybe I should do that as an ode to Jeff Carter. Maybe he'll score four goals like he did against Buffalo last year. Megan and I are always buying the big box of their Welch's, of Welch's uh, fruit snacks. So Hey. Next time you get him, you got you got to post him on tip of the iceberg. And if if he goes off, then it has to be a thing. Like I'm sorry to your bank account, but you're gonna have to keep buying the big the big boxes of Welch's fruit snacks. But we get the big box and they last, so it's okay. And we actually need to go get a new big box soon. So yeah. see, it's not a true ode unless you eat it all, like like Jeff Carter did on that flight. To be fair, he gets the big pouches. Those are like the those are like the airport pouches that you see yeah. in the like at the Hudson News. So. Yeah. Well, we spent a lot of time on fruit snacks <laughs> on this yeah. show. But, uh, well, ugh, we, let's just finish off this segment here because okay. we're already on fruit snacks. Let's finish off this segment with the biggest snack of the Pittsburgh Penguins, and that is Mike Sullivan. The Silver Fox himself is now the winningest coach in Pittsburgh Penguins history. 253 wins. That is regular season, of course, not 
including any playoff victories, which of course Mike Sullivan is high up in the leaderboard for that as well. You have to be when you win two Stanley Cups, but he becomes the winningest coach in Penguins history, passing Dan Bilesma, who had 252, of course, in Saturday's win over the Chicago Blackhawks. So he gets to do it on home ice as well, which is nice for the guy. And other names on the list of Penguins coaches, and I know you know this, and I know, listen, a lot of our listeners are very in the know. They're Penguins historians because they love this team. Otherwise, I'm not sure why they would be listening to this because this is a hardcore Penguins podcast, and I know we have some hardcore fans listening. But some of the names that have coached the Pittsburgh Penguins, I get it, albeit some of them only for a year, some of them not even for a full year, but some of these names, Stan Bowman, Eddie Johnston. Scotty, not Stan. Was it? Ah, Scotty Bowman. Sorry. I don't, I got too many notes. I I, I was doing all this and it's also quarter after one in the morning. Oh boy. Craig Patrick and Herb Brooks. I mean, other, among other guys, you know, you got Eddie O and and you got Michelle Terrian who are all pretty good coaches in their own right. But I mean, Scotty Bowman, Eddie Johnson, Craig Patrick, Herb Brooks, Dan Bilesma, they're all really good hockey coaches. I mean, two of them, obviously the 1980 Miracle on Ice team. So Mike Sullivan now leads that leaderboard. And again, you know, it is what it is to him. It's probably something that he had a nice scotch and a cigar to, but it it is a big deal. And congratulations to him on that milestone. It is. Yeah, the Penguins coaching coaching history is a little weird Mm -hmm. um, and not – it has its consistencies. It's been far more consistent in the last – probably since the Michelle Terrian era Mm -hmm. um, than, like, the 80s and 90s. So it's – good to see uh, some consistency there and yeah he stands alone at the top where he probably should be I think mm-hmm. the only other man that I can think of that um, would be maybe more deserving of that of that title would be Bob Johnson and yeah you know uh, but yeah so for Mike Sullivan good on him we love to see it and here's to a ton more he's got time yeah. to s- separate himself from this pack yeah, it, it doesn't seem as of right now that he's on the hot seat, but with Pittsburgh sports, it could be a week and he might be on the hot seat. So uh, <laughs> congratulations to him for locking this up before he gets onto the hot seat this season, because it will happen eventually. He will be there after a stretch of bad games or maybe one bad coaching decision. But, you know, in Sully, we trust and he gets that uh, he gets that milestone early on in the season, which is nice. Oh, very nice. It, it's out of the way. It's mm-hmm. like Carter's 400. They're big, big milestones out of the way. Now we can just some hockey just play hockey baby uh so we're gonna finish off this segment before we head over to our pens poll after a commercial break but we're gonna finish it with a minor league minute because the wilkes-barre scranton penguins of the american hockey league did drop the puck on their season this year i know we're a lot more excited this year because we have guys like sam poulin nathan legare playing down there philip Lindbergh as well he made his pro debut in Saturday's win, a 2-1 to victory over the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, the AHL affiliate of the Philadelphia Flyers. Like I said, the Penguins get a 2-1 to win. Philip Lindbergh makes 30 saves on 31 shots, his first pro win. A guy that obviously very successful playing in NCAA hockey and now gets success in his first start for the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins. They followed it up, unfortunately, though, with a 4-1 to loss on Sunday against the Charlotte Checkers. Felix Robert or Robert, I still have not gotten confirmation on that, but Felix Robert with the lone goal for the Wilkes-Barre Grand Penguins, one and one to start the season, not a bad start. Sam Poulin did have an assist in the season opener, so 
He's on the board. Nathan Legere yet to be on the board. We'll keep an eye on that. And it seems as if P.O. Joseph is going to start the season down there, even though he was recalled for a brief stint just to be a healthy scratch for the Pittsburgh Penguins. He is now back down with the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins. But we're going to take a quick break. When we return, we're going to wrap things up with our weekly pens pulled. Stay right here. Hockey fights, lifestyle, and tales from a first-round draft bust? We have it all and more on the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for boutique hockey content and podcasts covering every team in the NHL. Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg Podcast, brought to you as always by the Hockey Podcast Network, as well as DraftKings. Make sure you use promo code THPN when you go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app for great odds and opportunities. Again, that's promo code THPN at the DraftKings Sportsbook. So, Horwat, this Pens poll obviously is one that I think we should just be posting the first week of every NHL season from here until eternity because as many things do, actually not many things do, but this podcast will stand the test of time. I feel it in my bones. This podcast will stand the test of time. We have loyal listeners. I think me and you are fairly close, so so we're pretty committed to this. And realistically, it's just, you know, Penguins hockey is something that hopefully will also stand the test of time. There have been some question marks in that regard, but not for a long time. So it's all good things right now in Pittsburgh and at the tip of the iceberg. So how many wins will the Penguins finish with the season? I don't know what that tangent was. I think I'm just getting delirious. But how many wins will the Pittsburgh Penguins finish with this season? That was the question that we asked. 40 to 50 wins won the poll with 43% of the vote. 30 to 40 wins gets 29% of the vote. 50 plus. Oh, you you 50 plusers, you're so optimistic and I love it. 25% of the vote and the under 30, the pessimistic Pittsburgh fans just stayed quiet this week, I guess. Uh, 3% of the vote. Those trolls vote. It was Hockey Troll and Polly Cupcakes who were also on season three, episode three of the tip of the iceberg. So go back and take a listen to that as it's always fun having those guys on. But yeah, only 3% of the vote on under 30. Horwat, where were you on this poll, and why were you at that point? All right, you want to be totally honest with you? I did not see this poll. I don't know why. I was Maybe I was busy this day. Because <laughs> you said how many wins, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that was the poll. Did I actually see it? It's been a long week. It's been a long week. It's I been a really, really messed up week. I finished my job at Target. It's currently 1.20 in the morning. Mm-hmm. And... But hey, this is one of those polls where I'm able to kind of shoot from the hip and give an answer on. So um, I'm going to shoot for the 50 plus because I will be confident. And I mean, shit, we're three games into the year and they're on pace for what? A lot of points, a lot of wins. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Whatever 66% of uh, 82 is. So I'm not good at math and definitely not going to try to do that at this hour. But you know, uh, right now they, they are on pace for for a lot of wins because they've won two of three to start the season. Obviously, um, it's not even a loss. We're on pace for an undefeated season. Let's do it. Yeah, undefeated in regulation. Undefeated, oh, right? Here. Yes, all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, uh, just because I'm gonna be a optimistic and a homer about it, I'm gonna say 50 plus just because um, this team looks good. The fact that they're able to play this well and the and that the depth that has been forced into the top line mm-hmm. is performing. It's um, it should only speak wonders whenever these guys return. Yeah, like 
yeah, we didn't have Gensel for game one, and then we lost Rust in game two. Okay, well, now, like, that was just kind of in and right out. Mm-hmm. Um, Zach Astoriz is back into the fold. Drew O'Connor seems to be doing really well no matter where he stands in the lineup. Brian Boyle's looking good uh, for where he stands in the lineup. We've brought up Danton Heinen, and we'll continue to bring up Danton Heinen. Mm-hmm. All this is looking great. Just wait until the guys like Rust, Crosby, Kapanen starts Kapanen looks great. putting the puck in the net. Hey, Jason Zucker's potting goals again. Like yeah. it's the team looks good. It's just a matter of getting the full footing under us because you can tell we're still not fully there. Mm-hmm. there as as I don't think anybody is right now. Yeah. Um, but when this team gets fully put together and the rust gets shaken off of all the injured guys it'll be interesting Mm -hmm. it'll be a very fun team Mm -hmm. and it's exciting whole 82 game season uh the guys that we have don't seem to be missing a beat and it's just a matter of seeing crosby and malcolm come back into the fold and matheson because he hasn't played yet either yeah and then hopefully at some point po joseph and (laughs) that would be nice to not just have him up here as a healthy scratch but uh on this poll i did actually fall in the 40 to 50 range I think they're going to be in the low 40s. I think of like 43 or 44. And I think that's probably going to net them a wild card berth. Um, just because once you start playing the teams in our division, it's going to get tough. And towards the towards the middle of the season, I, I know we have a lot of depth scoring now, and it's great. And honestly, it, it is fantastic to see all these guys scoring. You know, Danton Heinen, three goals in three games. Dominic Simone is another guy that we haven't mentioned that has played really well to start the season honestly especially in a fourth line role which we've never really seen him excel in so now it seems like he's able to do that I mean he's a massive reason why Drew O'Connor got that first goal putting Flurry basically and you know I, I don't want to say on skates that's more of a football term because he is on skates but you know making him uncomfortable behind the net and, and forcing the issue which, which is why Drew O'Connor DOC was able to get that goal but no I, I think they finish in the 40 to 50 range I think it is nice that you will get players back like Malkin and like Crosby, but I also think there's an adjustment period that we we never really talk about. That, yeah, Malkin's going to miss two months when he comes back. It's not going to all be sunshine and roses. Some of these guys will, will form bonds with other guys on the line in chemistry that it's going to get messed up a little bit for a couple games. And when you're in a division like this, when you're in a league like this, that right now the dichotomy between first place and I'll say 26th place because there's about – five or six teams that are just just not it that's it's not it and as the season goes on you're gonna you're gonna see the cream rise to the top and the buffalo sabers i mean some teams you know fall to the bottom but uh i i do think the penguins fall between 40 and 50 i, I love to be as optimistic as saying 50 plus but my realism is saying 40 to 50 wins that's fair i do and it's it is a hard this is a hard one to answer especially in a whole 82 game season i just hear mm-hmm. 40 to 50 and i think well, 40 wins, I immediately assume 42 losses. Well, that's an under 500 season. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's not. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'll take anything that gets us in the playoffs, to be fully honest. Yeah, realistically, I don't care what that number is as long as next to it is. What, what is the playoff one? An X? An X? Is, is an X mark the, the playoff spot? Cause it, oh, yeah. X is playoffs. Y is division. Z is President's Trophy. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I know that, but mainly because it's in alphabetical order. But uh, <laughs> but uh, any other words on that before we just have a little bit of vanity and talk about our week? Let's talk about our week quickly. We're yeah. falling asleep here. Quickly, because we are falling asleep. It was yeah. fun. 
to see yes. Horwat. Uh, I did actually. I, I watched the first game of the season with your girlfriend. She came out uh, with me and Kayla to Redbeards to watch that game. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, you unfortunately had to work, but it was nice seeing your text messages about John Cooper and how angry you were after the Penguins had just beaten the defending Stanley Cup champions. Yeah, John Cooper, don't pull your goalie against us. Let us win fairly. Because that way uh, you just saved your ass. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you see, we, we weren't even trying, clearly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our AHL, our AHL team could have beat you. You didn't have a goalie in the net. Yeah, really. <laughs> but, it, I, I mean, the rest of the week was uh, – Pretty, pretty fun week. I mean, you, you took nice. a, we went up to Jerry's. It was the first time I ever saw Jerry's records. If you haven't been there in Squirrel Hill and you're a fan of vinyls, I suggest heavily that you go. I was able to, to find one of my favorite records ever, and I'm happy I now have it, and that's The Stranger by Billy Joel. So I, I'm ecstatic to have it. Did you, you got something that day, didn't you? Yeah, I did, and I haven't told you this because this is about to be very funny. I got, so in Jerry's records, there's, like, no phone reception up there for some reason. No, it's zero. Like a, Absolutely zero. Like, your phone says full bars, but you can't send anything or uh, get anything. Mm-hmm. But I'm holding this rec- this Beatles record. I'm like, I swear I might have this already. Ugh. But I was trying to, like, pull up. I use Discogs for, like, my entire record collection. It's like, I'm yeah. trying to pull up my Discogs. It's not loading. I'm like, okay, maybe I don't have it. Just because it also like, didn't look super familiar. I know I haven't played it recently. So I'm like, I'll just get it, whatever. Throw it up on the thing. I get home, and I'm like, I have I it have already. It. Yeah. <laughs> so now I have two copies of Meet the Beatles, and um, so be it. It's okay. Uh, you know, they, they probably have a signal jammer at Jerry's for that very reason. They're like, you know, Discog isn't going to get us. People are going to be buying duplicates all the live long day. In cash? In cash, yeah. We did see a fun Roberto Clemente one that I, I you know, everybody was telling me to get, but I, but I was like, uh, I no. thought about getting the. I, I'm assuming that's like what the old, D, the like these uh, Stanley Cup DVDs, like and, these DVDs are. Yeah, I Super want to Bowl. get the '60 World Series one. Hey, maybe you can listen to some, some happy, happy times in Pittsburgh Pirates history. It's a great time in Pirates history, and the Clemente one was cool too. There's a couple of copies of that in there, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Jerry's Records is awesome. If you haven't been there, go there. Also, go to any other record store that you find. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the only other thing, I mean, we, we did a lot of stuff. Obviously, we went out to eat. We went to Jerry's. I mean, we we went out on, on Wednesday night, which is also why we did not have a brand new episode on Thursday morning. Um, but also, as part of Wednesday night, we went on those uh, spin scooters around yes. Pittsburgh, which was fun, which also, you know, Pittsburgh, I love you as a city, but those scooters are meant for a sidewalk. So the fact that you're not allowed to ride them on the sidewalk is ridiculous in the first place. And secondly, speaking of ridiculous... For anybody that has rode these rental scooters and you know that there is a gas lever and a brake lever, I, myself, my girlfriend Kayla, and Horwath's girlfriend Megan are zooming on down, I believe it was Liberty Avenue. And we look back and we're like, I don't know why Horwat is literally a whole city block behind us. And then I notice that you're you're kicking. you're kicking your leg. And I'm like, uh, maybe it's out of battery. And then he catches up and he goes, yeah, I, I had no idea there was a gas lever on the handle. It, I, I was, I thought it was just a, it was a kick one. I was like, what? In my head, I was, I should have said this to you. I said, why would you pay to have a kick scooter? So, in my defense, I will say this: one, I had never used them before. Yes. So I, okay. And it was two. It was dark. Three, I had had a few. Four, yeah, a few. Yeah, more than a few. Four. Yeah. Uh, I just, because I had never ridden one before and I didn't really see anything, all these things get put together. I thought it was a kick and it goes. 
Ah, yeah. That was you my were, thought process. You were kicking for a good half block. <laughs> yeah, but then I got there and I like nudged it by my um, by my thumb by accident. I said, "Oh, there's a little yeah trigger here, so I will use that." Got yeah. it. Um, <laughs> and also, when it comes to riding this on the sidewalk, I don't think anyone's gonna say anything. I, if anyone, someone might just be like, "No, hey, but get that get that off the sidewalk, please." Yeah, but I mean, they make you take a whole like five question test at the beginning, and I was like, "What is this?" I graduated college two years ago. I don't need to be taking tests to be able to ride an electric scooter. Come on now. Yeah, it's it's very... It was interesting. It was fun. Hey, it was fun. Once we got the hang of it, once we all learned how to ride it, and... Once you learned how to um, ride it, you mean. Uh, the other the other three of us knew how to ride it. <laughs> had any of you ridden it before? Yes, me and Kayla have done it several times in D.C. Let's see, you, you've done it before. You yes. know it was... I am an experienced scoots. And I think Megan did it in Arizona once. I was the only one that was new to this. You're so. a rookie. Freshman. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, other than that, pretty uneventful week. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. It, it was fun. I, I don't – we were – all we did really was, was hang out, drink, and eat. So – Yeah, uh, for the most part, you and uh, Kayla went to ha- see Harry Styles. Yes, very good Megan concert. went to see Harry Styles. I worked – yeah. Well, you, you're not a fan. You're a big fan anyway. You probably wouldn't have gone any, regardless. Probably not. I don't know. Probably not. You probably wouldn't have paid pit tickets like, like Megan. Hell did. no. Yeah, no. I had a good time sitting up in the second level. I, it was nice. Good. I'm glad everyone had a good time. <laughs> yeah. I was working. I was getting paid to not be there, so. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and, you know, when you can get a paycheck, you take the paycheck, but... Uh, I think that's enough vanity for now. I, I think we're done with that. It's also really late in the morning, so yeah, uh, my phone's early. at ten percent battery. It's a buck thirty in the morning. Yeah, my brain's have... at like five percent battery. So I think that that's that's enough for tonight. Yeah, thank you all for listening. Yeah, that's gonna do it for this episode of the Tip of the Iceberg Podcast. The next Pittsburgh Penguins game will be Tuesday night against the Dallas Stars at PPG Paints Arena. So if you don't have your tickets, get your tickets now. Fill out PPG Paints Arena. It's... It's Mike been Lang a, night. It is Mike Lang night. If I, you know, if I was still in Pittsburgh, I would be getting those tickets to go to Mike Lang night because, you know, maybe we should put something in the Raptors for him. I don't know. We'll bang that drum as long as it exists. But that is going to do Thursday it. Thursday episode is for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That is going to do it for this episode of the Tip of the Iceberg podcast. Thank you to everybody for listening. Have a great week, Pens fans. We'll see you on Thursday. You can follow us on Twitter at NickHorwat41 and at Nick underscore Berlansky. You can also follow the show's Twitter handle at Iceberg Podcast. This podcast can be found anywhere you get your podcasts from, so please subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts. We are brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. You can visit them on Twitter at HockeyPodNet or at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. Every team, everywhere.